Rohingya people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Hello. Once again, thank you for joining the America Out Loud uh, talk radio. And uh, you're joining the Liberty Hour by Dr. Paul Alexander. And uh, you know all of these uh, talk shows, they go to podcasts the following day on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, etc. And um, in this first segment, I want to touch on a lot of issues, you know, especially what we've seen in news right now with... Uh, the new verdict on President Trump. Basically, it's just crazy which hunt. I mean, I'll be honest with you that I don't think his responses in terms of his language uh, matches the situation because they are trying to paint him in a very negative way and he's not helping himself, to be quite honest. So, uh, you know, from us on the outside looking on at him, it's kind of disheartening. Um, But, you know, I'm still on the Trump train. I support him. I think between him and DeSantis, he's the best person for America. And uh, that's, that's the way I would, uh, I would keep it now. And um, Democrats are doing a good job to destroy America. And uh, Trump is probably the only person capable right now of fixing the wrongs and trying to get America back on some short footing. Look, we had three years over three years of COVID insanity, where between the deep state, very dark forces, CDC, NIH, WHO, UN agencies, uh, FDA, etc. in America, people like Fauci and Burks, Walensky, etc. They are, and Trump's COVID task force, save Brett Girard and maybe some of Redfield. These people conspired and worked to hurt Trump, and by extension, they damaged America. And I believe they brought this virus, and they brought this vaccine with ill intent. And we're even beginning to talk about it from the point of view of a a binary weapon of sorts, in the sense that the first phase of this binary weapon has been deployed, where you now have hundreds of millions, billions of people with the shot in them. And now we're going to wait to see what the second phase is, whether it's a release of something to turn on the first phase or administering something, a second something. But I don't think anything uh, benign is going to come of this. And I think we're getting to the place societally where um, people are going to have to wake up to the reality that our governments did very bad things to us over three years. Between the virus, the fraud, the fraud pandemic response in terms of fraud, lockdown, school closures, everything. All built on a fake PCR fraud over cycle false positive test. So this is what we face right now. And um, we need somebody like Trump who could try and clean up what was done 
and who could put America back on a strong foot internationally. And we can work hard to safeguard the borders and to rejuvenate the economy and to start letting, letting Americans live the American dream again. Before going further, I want to touch on a, a friend of mine, Dr. Ramin Osqui. First name is Ramin, R-A-M-I-N, Osqui, O-S-K-O-U-I. Now, you would know Dr. Ramin Osqui. He's a cardiologist in uh, Washington, D.C., as well as Virginia. And he headed up a group called Foxhall Cardiology in an area of D.C., Virginia, etc., called Foxhall. And uh, he was one of the original persons on Fox News. Laura Ingram would invite him. She'd invite myself, um, Dr. Rich, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Osquey, Dr. Smith, Dr. McCary, and uh, roughly, and uh, our job, she would rotate us across the days of the week. So we would come on to the show and as things were happening with across the last three years, we would discuss them with Laura and with the, with the nation. Dr. Oscar was one of the first people out of the gate. Uh, he was very anti-lockdowns, anti-school closures, and he was against these COVID gene injections. Well, the thing is, you know, he was so much against it that his daughters are in schools in, uh, in Europe that he purposely sent them so that any Washington or Virginia universities or wherever would not capture them in some sort of mandate for the vaccine. He was hell-bent on the shot, but we got news a few days ago that he passed away suddenly. Now, I know for those conspiracy theorists out there on the other side too, who are laughing at him and laughing at it all and saying that he got a shot and that's why he died, whatever. I could have easily said that and driven the conversation in that direction. But I have to be honest, Ramen didn't die from the shot because he didn't take it. So God called him home. And it's a tragedy. We're getting all kinds of reports that it's more sinister than that. It's just 55, 50, 60 year old man, our age. But we're gonna learn more soon. But it doesn't look good. But I wanted to mention him because he's one of my dear friends. Dr. Osquee was under fire and threat by the DC and Virginia Medical Board, State Board. Because of his stance on the lockdowns, against the lockdowns, school closures, or vaccines, as well as early treatment, his views on early treatment, they were threatening to take away his license. So Dr. Harvey Rich and myself, and I believe Dr. Smith, we have been helping Ramin behind the scenes prepare for his defense because it was coming up. So I was proud to help him in that. And it's a, it's a huge tragedy. Um, I'm still trying to process it and get over it, you know? There's a recent paper that came out, I think yesterday, written by The Telegraph's Jeremy Warner. And he's saying, 
that only now are we, let me read this correctly, only now are the appalling costs of the pandemic becoming clear. He went on further to state lockdown's lasting impact on the nation is plain to see now that the fog of war is gone. But I think he's wrong in one sense. He's trying to say that now people understand. But I, I'm saying, Jeremy, you're wrong. The, the average population, the general population of this world knew that the lockdowns were a failure and would do more harm than good. They knew that school closures were a failure, catastrophic failure, and would do more harms than good. They knew that mask mandates were failures and would do more harm than good. They knew all of these were failing, all of them. Yet the governments and society continue implementing and rolling out the shock, hardening the lockdowns, extending them, and forcing the shots on you too. So um, I wrote a piece in my blog, Alexander COVID News. The name is Alexander COVID News, where I say basically, I had just published an op-ed with about four, 500 studies, pieces of research, documents, etc., showing that um, that all of the non-pharmaceutical interventions like lockdowns, school closures, business closures, mass mandates, everything fails. Everything just completely fails. Nowhere do we have evidence that any part of this world, even in the forest, it's that ridiculous where they imposed lockdowns and lockdowns did work to reduce transmission, reduce infection, reduce death, etc. None. There is no research in this world. And they knew that. The powers that been knew that. What they knew is that it will take you a few years just to write your protocol. Even if you adopted rapid fire, you need to write the protocol, you need to register it, you need to do a bunch of stuff. And you need to lay out the study in fine detail. And then it will take two to three years even for results, for even to mount the study and then results to come in. So the reality about it is people in government or farmers saying, oh, well, you know, um, uh, why don't you guys do RCTs? They knew that um, the time horizon and the cost would be cost prohibitive. And we knew that good observational research is far better than poorly done RCT research. So it's not a matter of um, uh, not conducting RCTs. The matter is that the existing observational real-world real evidence that exists show conclusively that the COVID vaccines are dangerous. They do not stop infection. They do not stop replication. They do not stop transmission. Um, we knew that it would be impossible to run those studies. And we knew that with the, with the observational studies, once well-conducted statistical controls, matching, with all of those things that we could come up with still a good finding, potent enough that we could even infer causation, especially if there's temporality, biological plausibility, etc. Everyone knew that whenever they said, we don't have RCTs because 
we don't have RCTs. They won't tell you that it would take too long to mount those. And that's a decision not to not to not to mount them, not to do those. But at the same time, you have observational research, retrospective, prospective, that could be as potent or even more useful than RCT data. But you know, it is what it is, and uh, we have a situation right now that um, we have arguments going on in the media between scientific camps about um, RCT evidence that Pfizer and they submitted to get their emergency use authorization. And people like me are trying to explain, not because it's an RCT, it's high quality evidence or robust enough evidence. Because um, the reality about it is that the RCT can be plagued by small sample sizes, small number of events, high risk of bias estimates of effect, um, attrition, that's data loss, baseline imbalance, and where the loss is, it's, it's not shared equally between the two exposure groups, you know, interventional exposure groups. So this is the issue. Um, back to Jeremy, you know, why would he say that uh, only now are the appalling costs of the pandemic becoming clear? I'm sorry, I like this stuff. I like this study, I like the piece of uh, paper, I like the scholarship by Jeremy, but he's flat wrong. It's 100% wrong. I wrote papers on lockdowns two years ago, two and a half, almost three years ago, when the pandemic began, began because we knew that COVID was amenable to stratification. So, truth of the matter is that. When they say they now know, that's a lie. It can't be. The information has been there since the beginning. So um, that's one study that I wanted to um, to run by you, one issue, because I thought it was very, uh, very interesting. There's this back and forth right now between, um, it's, it's quite an interesting situation, Binay Prasad, he decided to fact check Robert Kennedy's recent um, outing. Now, Vinay is supposed to be a Democrat, blah, blah, blah. But Vinay fact checked Kennedy. And about two of the things he said, Kennedy may not be that far out, out of line. But in two or three, he said that Kennedy was wrong. And um, this really underscores the issue of um, trying to get people with different points of view to have a debate and a discussion. And I think the world or the United States would benefit from it with these two. So Vinay, um, Vinay sort of uh, critiqued Kennedy's recent announcement. And people in the media, especially commenters on his critique, actually was not, were not even on his side that they were questioning why would he do something like this. Uh, I just find from a scientific medical community, I don't want, I'm not interested in anything other than that. What we find is after that quote unquote fact check by Kennedy, um, 
other parties jumped in the game to raise issues on Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore raised an issue of Jimmy Dore was very interesting. His his slap back was actually going after Prasad Dini and really kind of inviting him to have a proper discussion with Kennedy. Because Kennedy appears and conducts himself in a way where it is clear from the same thing that he does a lot of reading and he understands these issues well too. So right now I want to end off this um this discussion by reminding you that you're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio and Network. And my shows go to um go to podcasts the following day. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, etc. Um, I'm, you know, to deal with financial demands and stuff, I am, uh, you know, um, trying. I've written a book. You know, we were cancelled and uh, our careers destroyed our means, but I decided that I was going to stand up and wage a battle on the system. So that really was for me. Um, being here, and um, I'd like to say that uh, we're coming to the end of this segment, and I'd like to thank Malcolm Outloud for what he's doing here. Thank you. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, One thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio. Um, there are many things I want to talk about, but remember I wanted to thank Malcolm for America Out Loud for making this possible week after week, day after day, for people like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich, myself, the Bregans, etc. Um, it's very, very important, this show, because it's fighting medical tyranny. And Malcolm has made it happen, and I ask you to support him. You can also support me on my Substack, my daily blog, which is the address is Alexander COVID News. 
That is A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R space COVID space news, Alexander COVID news. And you can now read, read whatever I write daily on COVID and, and actually politics in general. And, um, and uh, it's free. You can subscribe for free as well as you can pay a $29.99 a year subscription if you want to support me financially. Um, don't forget my book, Presidential Takedown, How Fauci and Burks and the Deep State Conspire to Overthrow President Trump. It could be found on Amazon uh, or Barnes on Nobel. And um, one more thing, um, if you want to give me any support, please, you can go to Zelle, Z-E-L-L-E. The support really helps me, even if it's 10 bucks. And um, you can use the email address sr7283 at gmail.com. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this transgender issue again. And uh, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking as a, as a human being, as, as a citizen, as a civilian, scientist too. Um, I'm just trying to say, you know, when you look at the news right now and you look at what's happening around us, you would think that the society is comprised of only transgender people, principally men who are trying to become women. And this is not true. This is far from the truth. This is impossible. And uh, it's just a, a gross lie and a gross mischaracterization. And uh, what is actually most alarming about it is that the transgender community, which are men, biological males with, with, with uh, XY chromosomes and um, penises. So these are men who cross-dress, etc., and tell you that they want to be women or are women. And I think it's a bunch of bogus bullocks. It's just a fraud. It's just a, a filthy game played by devious Deviant people like Bruce Jenner, a.k.a. Caitlyn, Caitlyn uh, Jenner, whatever the hell his name is, him. This is a man with a penis, so he's not a woman. And they're doing all sorts of crazy things. And the part about it that I just detest and loathe are those parents who take their kids, the little kids to these uh, transgender shows, and to show that they are more woke than the other person next to them. They have their child right up in the first pew watching this crutch of this transgender man with his two nuts hanging out the side of his extra short pants while he's cavorting on a pole. I mean, it's the most obscene, filthy, nasty, degenerate thing I could think about. And these parents want to appear very woke very tolerant, you know, very accommodating. Yet they're deranging their children emotionally because they, the little Johnny wants to know what the hell is going on here. My mommy putting me in pumps, putting makeup on me, my little skin, and bringing me out to watch these men spinning around on a pole with their, with their seeds, their gonads hanging out. And i supposed to be okay with that because my mommy getting brownie points from the other work nutball friends that she had. I mean, what, what, uh, I, I don't know what good to say about it because it's almost as though the feminists themselves have lost. 
they've allowed the transgender community to co-opt the argument and to take over. Next minute, we might have women legitimate. Imagine we have legitimate women, women, biological women, women, heterosexual women who are getting lectured at and schooled by Leah Thomas, that transgender swimmer who's going into the pool and defeating all of these uh, these female swimmers. I mean, it is one crazy situation. I wanna I wanna also talk about this thing that um you know the um the news was talking about the new crypto crypto Bitcoin um gathering in Miami City again. Last year I believe it was last year the year before I was invited to that. And uh, I could safely say that the whole crypto scene is a bogus fraud, is a Ponzi scheme. Some people are going to make money and some money going to lose. But it's not that it's good money either. It's, it's making money out of, out of thin air. So how could it succeed? This is a fraud Ponzi. This is a crooked industry. And um, they're talking about Miami's love affair with crypto is is surging as the Bitcoin people flock to Miami. Let me tell you a story. Last year, I believe it was last, but you know, so many things have happened and so far, so it could have been the year before. It's not a time misplaced a whole year of my life. I'm just trying to tell you a story. There was this group in, um, as part of uh, COVID-19, actually, it belonged to Robert Malone. So he formed this group, I think, called COVID, Global COVID Summit or whatever. I can't remember the name. And I was asked to be part of that group with Ryan Cole, um, a bunch of other scientists and doctors. And before I could even get going properly, they, they, were, they were meetings on a Tuesday or whatever. But before I could get going properly, I was invited to go down to Miami to this Bitcoin conference, a similar one. And to these house parties and stuff so that they could whine and fet us. And um, as far, the word is this, the word was this, right? That they have these Bitcoin investors who made some money with this speculation or whatever. And they wanted these young boys and they wanted to get involved in the COVID business. So they want, but what they were most infatuated was me, my image, McCullough, Reese, Malone, the whole group. They just wanted to be taking photos with us and to be seen with us and maybe to tell people, oh, I paid them a salary or whatever. So the long and short of it is that when we went there, I had many a conversation with different people in one of these massive houses. It's like one of those houses you see in the movies. And what was told to me as to the back end, the behind the scenes Bitcoin and what goes on and blah, blah, blah. It became clear to me with some of the sharings that these things bordered on and work a form of pedophilia. And then some people came to me and explained to me about some things that they were involved in and that, you know, I could become involved with too. And uh, again, it skirted on the issues in my mind. I may be 100% wrong. 
um, it's quoted on the issues of pedophilia, etc. the exploitation and the abuse of young people, young children. I couldn't deal with that situation, so I educated myself. I want to hear no more. And we left Miami. And I didn't join that group. That group belonged to Malone and some others. One of the groups is called DMED. I'm not saying that the scientists in DMED like Brad Cole, etc. But um, the DMED group would have had to work with the crypto group that was in Miami. I think a lot of people came from Puerto Rico also. The long and short of all I'm telling you is there are a lot of deviant, badly behaved, poorly behaved people in this world. And uh, within schemes like Bitcoin and all that, and we've seen it before, they came and, um, you know, they, they just took advantage of people and hurt them. So I wanted to tell you that, and I actually wrote a blog yesterday to Malone telling him, you know, you need to understand this area that you're in, and uh, no way you're saying it had anything to do with him. But I was telling him he needs to get out of it and distance himself, you know, because it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a good situation. Um, as we get closer to the end, as we get closer to the end of this uh, segment, um, there are a couple of other items I wanted to talk about quickly. Uh, what was funny to me was this newscast today in Japan. As Japan emerges, they're beginning to give their people smiling lessons. As they ended all of the lockdowns and the masks, the Japanese need to go on out to smiling lessons so that you could learn how to smile because during COVID, the word is that Something like that, they didn't give it two minds. To, um, you've lost your ability to communicate with each other and smile. And the Japanese with the masks and stuff never even bothered to smile behind the masks. So, like, their face is frozen right now. And they need lessons on smiling. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. It is, uh, it is, uh, it is very, very, um, very, very bizarre. Um... I wrote the Substack and I followed on some stuff that Marcus had written about these 16 cases of uh, high school students who became injured or permanently disabled by the uh, COVID mRNA technology-based gene injection. And uh, this is in 2021, 2022. And you know, I wrote a little more. I expanded Marcus case on the pictures, for example. I said, you know, no more shots. Children must be given no more shots, and that their parents must demand of their um, clinician that their child be tested for issues around uh, silent myocarditis, four shots, especially teenagers, um, EKGs, high sensitivity. Choking in, um, you know, D-dimer, carolinum, chest MRIs, etc. You want to rule out any engine of of um, uh, uh, myocarditis risk before young people, particularly. 
take to the field and engage in any exertional activity, especially pilots, etc. So Marcus a good substack. At this point, 16 are people who've been, who, who died, young persons, teens. And it seems that in the discussion, all roads point back to the shops. So um, I wrote a substack yesterday about corporal punishment. It was a simple one. I want to bring it to your attention. Because of how I grew up in the islands as part of the British Westminster system, you know, um, I think parents use the opportunity to beat their kids. We won't, we won't beat them like that. So, um, growing up, but you know, it's something that I'm seeing, I'm hearing about corporate punishment, where little kids are beaten up. Beating your child, you know, beating them to comply. But coming from that British system where children are beaten and it's felt that it's the best thing for them, you know? But I say it never was. I never laid a hand on my kids. Um, I think it's criminal to hit a child or threaten them to in any manner, not even in a joke, because the child could could uh, could be affected in different ways, particularly financially. Um, it never was a good thing or a good idea to physically be. You know, like you are dehumanizing, you are subjugating or demeaning an individual. You are stripping them of all negotiation power. You are saying, I have that kind of control over you. I could even whoop you when I want. And you could do nothing other than to accept it. That's not a good place to be, ever. But that's the situation. So, um, what I also wanted to uh, to touch base on was a, uh, a piece that I had written on... Um, um, this feud between Bene Passad and uh, uh, John Kennedy. So Kennedy gave his speech coming out that he's going to be running against Biden. So different people had different points of view. But Kennedy, um, but Vene came out to fact check Kennedy. He said something he said was right, something was wrong, but the key area was on the, uh, the movement and stuff. So I don't think he was properly informed about that situation. So uh, what I'm also thinking about is uh, talking about this story that I find was very interesting. Um, a very good study by, um, let me find out the owner of this study. Because I've read it and it's supposed to be quite good. I think it's by Bamada, B-A-R-M-A-D-A. And what we're looking at is vaccine-induced myocarditis in a, portion of the population here. And uh, what Dr. McCullough had argued, which is 
emerges after you get an argument is that um, what struck his eyes at 20%. 20% of these persons who had some sort of issues and um, McCullough showed us about 20% um, where I would say only 20% were resolved in terms of any issues post-shot. Approximately 80% were still alive. And that's a huge problem, you know? The fact that um, only 20% resolved in six months suggests that there could be longer-term cardiac damage post-COVID, uh, mRNA technology-based gene injection. Thus, again, I ask a question. Must cardiologists, etc., um, who are in a position to properly counsel people, do counsel um, patients, especially parents of teens, etc., as to the real risks, and not sit on the fence and dance around the issue? Should doctors today, specialists, demand that their patients get? D-dimer, hydroponin sensitivity, etc., EKGs, to, uh, to rule out any kind of my, silent myocarditis before they take the field. I think it's very important. And um, let me end this segment. Thank you very much. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to segment three of uh, the Paul Alexander uh, Liberty Hour with America Out Loud Talk Radio. And um, I wanted to say thanks again for coming back and uh, joining the show. And, you know, this section, I want to, first of all, open it up with just a reminder that um, we have to give thanks to Malcolm and his outfit for what they're doing in terms of fighting medical tyranny and censorship in this world culture and giving us a platform. <clears throat> Don't forget my, uh, my um, substack, my, my blog substack, it's Alexander COVID News and you can subscribe for free. Thank you very much, as well as my uh, book, Presential Takedown. You can get it at Barnes and Noble and um, Amazon. I, I wanted to start off today, you know, just to share that um, uh, Dr. Ramin Oskwi, 
Um, I don't know if I mentioned to him, I mentioned this earlier, but he had passed. And he was one of those, he's a cardiologist south of Washington and Virginia. There really was a, um, a warrior and a patriot behind the scenes fighting. He was uh, attacked and sought after by uh, the state boards in Washington and Virginia because of his advocacy and early treatment and against the shots, the vaccines. But he's passed suddenly and, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion and it's just that he's a very good friend of mine and uh, and uh, my wife shared with me a photo that we had taken when we were in Washington um, at a favorite Mexican restaurant that he goes to and he takes us every time. I was seeing him at one point every two weeks, three weeks. Uh, it's one of the most surprising and shocking things have come about. So uh, I just wanted to talk about it again. There's a lot of different issues out there that are, that are very important. And I want to remind you again about uh, the rash of um, pilot incapacitations and pilot deaths. We've recorded about nine recently incapacitations and actually three pilots, commercial pilots who died in the cockpit. And um, what we're seeing is, we're seeing pilots developing a cardiac arrest before the plane takes off as the plane lands. And we've been arguing that this is linked to silent myocarditis where these commercial pilots have taken a shot and, um, and uh, they have myocarditis and the scarred heart muscle, when the pilot is in, a, in an excited situation, can, um, can become overwhelmed with the surge in adrenaline. And this could cause an arrhythmia. And uh, the electrical conduction over the scarred area of the heart is already problematic. This places too much strain on the, on the damaged heart and you can end up in a cardiac arrest and can die. We are arguing, people like McCullough, myself, Dan Stark, even Dr. Oscar that I just mentioned earlier, that young people, particularly teen boys, we see an average age around 16 with a ratio of nine to one, 90% of the cases are in boys. Myocarditis or pericarditis post-shot. But we also have good data from Basel Switzerland showing us that girls at about 40% myocardial heart lesions. So we are saying both, both males and females, boys and girls, teen boys, teen girls are at nearly equal risk. And what's the bottom line? The bottom line for you parents is that before your child takes to the field, it is imperative that you get their general practitioner if they got the shot, particularly mRNA, Pfizer, Moderna, to rule out silent myocarditis, either um, they can do the high sensitivity troponin test, the EKG or ECG, however you want to call that, the electrocardiogram, the D-dimer test that tells you if, they have, if there's clotting, clotting had taken place, um, what about also the uh, chest MRI, MRI, the contrast chest MRI? 
the contrast is gadolinum. And uh, this is something that parents must do. Same with the pilots, same with the bus drivers, school bus drivers, same with everyone. Because, because myocarditis is silent. The symptoms are often, you don't know that the heart is scarred. Until in a very stressful situation, and that deficit then becomes catastrophic with a failure. So we are seeing that the airline industry, the FAA, the NTSB, etc., they should act to safeguard pilots before they enter the cockpit, because that would be safeguarding commercial passengers. So those nine pilot incapacitations on deaths, three deaths really raises a question about safety. We have young persons, young kids in high school, dying at their desk, dying on their way to class. This is a real, real problem that we face. And I wanted to bring it back to you again. I was reading a study today by, um, I think the, the main authors, Uemura, U-E-M-U-R-A, and I think it was published in the journal Vaccine. And they looked at um, the extent of influenza vaccine effectiveness in elderly persons in Japan this year. Well, they did this study now, but they looked at previous year's data, of course, uh, a sort of a retrospective cohort design. And what they found was that there was low to moderate vaccine effectiveness in preventing influenza in Japanese elderly. In other words, vaccine effectiveness showed a trend and actually declined, and actually rapidly. So, you know, the, the authors actually concluded that clinicians should su suspect influenza infection even after you've gotten vaccinated. The long and short of it is that these influenza shots are worthless. I don't know how else to say it. They are worthless. And, um, you know, you have, to, you have to hypothesize and speculate as a person. Right now, the WHO is telling you about, well, we're looking at the H5N1 avian flu that's emerged uh, somewhere. A couple of cases here and there is not a big problem yet. And they're talking about pandemic potential and all this drama. Well, I want to take it a step further and explain to you that that particular influenza has a very strong mortality. But we have not seen that it's leaped from the foul population to the human population to present a risk yet. It may not, but the problem I'm trying to explain is this. If you took all our elderly and you vaccinated them with the influenza shot, which we know for decades now the influenza shot is garbage. It's junk, there's no efficacy, no effectiveness. But remember the original antigenic sin doctrine states that the, that, the, that the prime, the last prime, the initial prime or exposure will drive how the immune system will respond, the immunological memory. So if you take the influenza shot and your immune system builds a memory based antibodies for that, for the particular strain, the four strains, 
I believe in every influencer shot, they put four different strains, hoping they could capture the right one. But the antibodies, we call them the recall, recall antibodies. We recall in them. The immune system calls them back up. It's like, it's like calling up something from, from long-term memory in your computer. This memory then, hard drive memory, back up into the working memory. That it. You're calling up the antibodies from, you know, the antibodies are normally quiescent and dormant. And actually the B cells are what come alive, actually orchestrated and manipulated in a way and, and, and uh, teed up by the CD4, CD4 plus helper cells, those T cells. That's their role, help coordinate the B cell response when you need antibodies. So the B cells will tune out new antibodies to that new exposure. But remember, the antibodies that are being recalled are to the influenza shot you took. And all of a sudden, if you are facing H5N1 influenza, that is more lethal than normal influenza. And if it does expand, if there is expansion, the recall antibodies would be to regular seasonal flu. And H5N1 could present a serious problem, a very serious problem to the elderly and to vulnerable people. I just wanted to put that out on the table because it's something you have to talk, think about. Um, I wanted to go back to that situation where uh, I think um, Vinay, Dr. Vinay Prasad had fact-checked um, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Okay? And Jimmy Dore came out. I don't know if you know who Jimmy Dore is. He runs his own uh, thing, his own podcast and shows. And he said, well, the fact check that, that um, Vinay did was kind of playing around the edges and was not genuine. Because like he, um, he, he slammed Kennedy on early treatment and on vaccine and even lockdowns. So he basically said that, that Vinay's fact check was wrong, was junk. I kind of agree with him. Kennedy, Kennedy is different to me in terms of his politics and stuff, but Kennedy is somebody I would listen to because he's a, a balanced, principled individual and he's smart. At least on the vaccine, I'm not interested in his views on the environment or gun control and stuff, but at least on the vaccines and these issues, and he's brought it to the forefront. And yes, because of his name, he's given play. Well, that's important, so let's use that. But my point is, when Vinay fact-checked Robert, Jimmy Dore came out and said, there's a whole load of junk, because the fact-check is actually not a fact-check. It's more like a hit on Kennedy, and it's not substantiated. I kind of agree with that. But what I wanted to talk to you about is this issue with the border and, and Title 42. Remember, Trump imposed Title 42 to allow the border agents to turn around people at the border. And, and he used the COVID pandemic as a as a as an enabling issue. Biden and they have been playing with this thing because all Biden and his administration wants to do is flood America with third world shithole people coming from shithole countries. And I mean, Malcolm, I say Polish, and you look, I I, I don't mix in words. 
we have we have good people coming up as immigrants, no doubt, coming through the border. But a large number of them are rapists and murderers. They come to leech off of the taxpayer and the welfare, and then they turn around and rape you, slash you, kill you, rape up your children and your daughters, stand up on the corner selling crack, MS-13, Mara Salva, Chucha. That gang, ruthless gang, all of these people. We have jihadists from the Middle East, from, from, uh, from uh, Lebanon, Iraq, Yemen, Sudan, all of these places, North African countries, Tunisia, coming through the border as Latino men, but they are Middle Eastern jihadist Islamists. They shave their beard, they put on their plaid shirts and their khaki pants, and they look like Islamic men in tan. And they tell the idiots at the border that they're 12. And the idiots at the border give them paperwork saying they are 12. So these big men who are normally 30, military age, adult males, they get to sit in your 12-year-old girl's classroom and fondle her. Look, I am being blunt. Rape her. That's what went on in Canada and you found none in Labrador and stuff. A bunch of Syrian refugees were men. The stupid Canadian border people. The UN people and the border agents allow these people to come in as 10-year-old men. Watching the guy heavily shaven, but in everybody in their political correctness and wokeness and bending over backwards, prostrating themselves. And what happened? Those Syrian men raped up and fondled about, especially in Alberta and those places. Go Google it. You'll read about it. These people are beyond stupid. Well, now they're seeing up to 500 to 750,000 coming on the border with the, with the uh, ending of Title 42. I mean, just the statement that Drudge and all these people reporting is junk. Is, is incredible how you could say title 42 is ending and how you could say well if it ends now we're facing 700,000 people in border why are we facing 700,000 people in border if title 42 ends that was a provision that trump had set up it ends but we still have a border to protect and not because 700,000 people come in the border you could say you overwhelmed if I was the government, I would I would relax posse comitatus and deploy actual military troops. Take all those troops who get paid on the basis for doing nothing. Put them on the border and make sure they're armed with, with guns, with bullets in it. Yes. And stand there and say, if you cross here, you'll be shot. Man, woman, child, period. That's what you have to do. I don't care what anyone says. Not because you arrive at the border means I have to take you in. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bad things are happening on the border. A lot of bad things and. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk about this issue about President Trump and his sex assault verdict. Okay. 
because I want to weigh in on that quickly. Look, I don't know if it's true and I don't know if it's not true. Only Trump knows and the lady knows. Trump says he don't even know her. Trump says she's not even his type. He wouldn't even interfere with her. That alone he should not have said. But I believe they have women who's go about this world trumping up. Oh, that's a play on a pun. I'm making up charges. Like they have men, they have people that's lie. So this woman getting her 15 in the sun now, about 15 minutes, trying to take down a president. Why they didn't do that under the Kennedys, John Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and they, who was molesting Marilyn and Monroe? Why they didn't do that to Ted Kennedy, the lion of the Senate? When Mary Jo Kopecky died underwater and he left her there. See, I am a very blunt person. They would hate me. I'm not saying Trump is perfect. He's not. But if I have to choose between Trump and DeSantis, I want him on deck. Right? And not because he get his verdict means he raped her. Because there are many men who get accused of rape and never did touch the person. So we have to be very careful what we're doing here. Remember the Duke Lacrosse team with the, with the lady who, the, 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 the female student who said these lacrosse players raped her. What happened in the end? We found out that the guy was, was, weren't even there. And what did the feminist movement and they say? Well, you know what? It's a teachable moment. Because if it did happen, it would have been wrong. Imagine that. They destroyed the lives of these boys, these feminists. Okay? So they all want to pillory Trump, but they won't pillory Linda Sasso and a genital mutilation that they promote in Islam. Where are the feminists and the Western women protecting Islamic women, Muslim women, who get their genitals butchered with this extreme radical Muslim behavior? So anyway, I'm coming to the end of the show today, and I want to say uh, thank you very much.